Yes, what is cracking, y'all? Welcome to The Chosen Ones. I'm your host, Joseph Richard Powell. I will be interviewing incredible human beings who are making an impact, living a life they love, and are hella good at what they do. From base camp to the peak of success, we are closing the gap between life barely lived to life on fire. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Chosen Ones. I'm going to jump into the intro. I just want to quickly mention a couple things that I was just talking to John, my guest here, about uh, the joys of living your dream life and traveling and being a nomad. And one of the things that I'm currently dealing with is leaving a professional podcast studio to try and set this up in my little studio apartment in Costa Rica and dealing with some technicalities, including setting my dad up (laughs) for an interview yesterday. And uh, it's been interesting. So for the first few podcasts, as we get back into it, uh, I appreciate everyone's patience. And as I mentioned uh, yesterday, you may hear some roosters, you may hear some dogs, you may hear some construction, but that's all part of what we're going to be talking about and what we're totally up to here. So We are back. The Chosen Ones is back. Today, I will be interviewing John Knable, another amazing human being who has designed his dream life to figure out how exactly he did it to encourage, empower, and enable all of you incredible listeners who are wanting to take the leap by sharing tips, tricks, and tools, income ideas, and lessons learned the hard way. Now, I don't want to make you nervous by feeling like you're obligated to give us all of that information. Typically, a lot of this stuff just uh, um, just comes out naturally during the conversation with some of the questions. But I appreciate you having uh, you coming on. I know you're a busy guy. I think you just wrapped up something. But uh, how are you doing, man? How's life? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, uh, I'm here in Mexico City, um, where I have just an amazing number of friends, and there's always a lot to do. And um, it's a great place for me to focus as well on my work. And it's been pretty good lately. I've been interviewing a lot of people. Um, I've been very fortunate in terms of having a lot of people having reached out to be on the podcast. So I've been incredibly lucky for the incredible conversations that I'm having with people to present to my listenership who are doing incredible things around the world. And definitely when you and I started speaking, you were someone that I really wanted to have on the podcast. Um, So let's jump right into it. I have some questions that I would love to ask you. The first question, most importantly, because whenever I talk about the idea of dream life, often, you know, are you living your dream life? What does your dream life look like? There can be a lot of fluff sometimes that people see with that saying, or people might not believe that living a dream life is possible. And I believe it means something different for everyone. I believe that the definition of success and what a successful life looks like is different for everyone. So before we jump into it, to learn about what you're up to, I would love to ask you, what does the term living your dream life mean to you personally? Well, it it definitely doesn't mean you know, a perfect life or a life without challenges or a life that's easy to get to or a life in which I have all the success um, and everything that I want. But uh, what it does mean is um, feeling, I guess, a sense of authenticity in what I'm doing and how I'm living. Um, 
And uh, there's that Japanese concept. I think it's like Ishigai, Ikigai or something like that. Ikigai. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, And it's funny, like it really resonated with me when I heard what that was um, because I I was already thinking about those types of things. You know, I want to be able to do something where I am good at it. I enjoy it. And it fills me with a sense of purpose and meaning. And I also am able to survive financially, um, you know, or maybe a little bit above just surviving. That would probably be a, a fair definition from a career sense. And yeah, just trying to be authentic in my personal life as well. Um, and, you know, not denying myself the opportunity to explore who I, you know, who I want to be. Um, obviously, there's, there's still going to be some limitations in that. But, but generally, authenticity, I'd say. I absolutely love that answer. Um, I love all the answers that I hear to that question because they're always so different, but I totally resonate with the idea of authenticity and something I talk about often as well as alignment. And I think authenticity, you know, living authentically and living in alignment with yourself are, you know, kind of the same path and I'm the same way. I think what happens is so many of us at some point in our life, we fall off a path or we get sidetracked on taking a different path that what happens is we start living inauthentically with ourselves or out of alignment with ourselves. And that's when we start dealing with a lot of resistance and stress. And, you know, it seems like life isn't really working for us anymore. So I think that's an incredible answer. Um, I love the word authenticity. I think it's such a valuable word that's being talked about today. So I think that's an incredible answer. Why do you think so few people take action in creating a life they love or creating their dream life, which is the term that I use. Any ideas on what your thoughts are with that or what your experience is? There's a lot of things that people fear, I think. Totally. Yeah. Great answers. Um, for sure. It's, and I think you could even say a lot of that stuff comes down on the deepest level to some fear in some sense or the other. Um, I do know you made a great point. A lot of the people that I kind of coach in this area, one of the big ones is that they've spent 10, 20 years building this career, like you mentioned, of getting to the point where they're at, investing so much money, taking the, you know, becoming qualified and to walk away from that. But understanding that our happiness is worth it. And as we grow and as we evolve, things change and a lot of times, maybe what we signed up for isn't what it turned out to be, or maybe it was and we enjoyed it, but we just want, you know, we're in a new season of life and we want something different. But those are all answers that I think are very interesting for sure. So let's get into the good stuff. Tell us, tell me, we, we only spoke very briefly and, and the audience and the listeners, what does your life look like right now? What is living your dream life currently look like? What do you do for a living? We know that you're in Mexico, you mentioned. Um, bring us into your world of, of from the listenership of this example of John, who is here, who has accomplished what I think a lot of listeners are wanting to accomplish, but at the same time, maybe not always understanding what our dream life actually looks like, for example. So what, is, what does this look like in your case? Sure. Well, I have a pretty varied background. Um, uh, I've been an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur for my entire adult life, but I've taken jobs at different points during that uh, period. And um, basically, I started off in web development, moved into online advertising and digital marketing. And then I moved into, um, and I was in that, seriously in that for six years, um, you know, basically in the industry. Um, 
And then when I moved to Mexico, I switched to language education, teaching English online. Uh, then I started a language school, uh, a co-working space and a language exchange events community all here in Mexico City. Uh, and that was all going well, but then the pandemic knocked it all out. And um, well, I've actually been working on my own uh, a unique method of learning languages for the past 14 years, um, off and on throughout that period, including the publishing of a book. That was another thing I did when I came to Mexico. Um, but uh, so actually the failure of the school and all of that was a perfect opportunity for me to get back into that project, which I knew was always going to end up as an app. Um, and I was uh, trying to partner with a friend of mine who's kind of a rock star developer, um, but that didn't work out. And it really put the fire under my feet to realize maybe I need to learn how to do this myself. So about the last 365 days, you know, roughly, I've been, uh, you know, getting back into coding and, and uh, learning software development. And now I can confidently say I'm a, a junior full stack developer um, on top of the other uh, the skill sets that I built. Um, and uh, it was cool because uh, as I was working on the, uh, the first prototype, the uh, app prototype of the app, uh, I was asking another friend for advice and he ended up offering me a job because I was ha I happened to be using the same technology, which is Django in the back end. And so I was working with him for a while and I've just recently quit that job um, to focus entirely on uh, my app. And then um, to earn money, I've gone back to teaching English online. So so the short answer to your question is, is currently I'm just working full, fully on my app um, and teaching English online. And, um, and I'm really happy with this decision. Um, teaching English online earns a little less than development. Um, but Development can be uh, pretty stressful for me sometimes, and so I, it's nice for me to have a break. I'm a really social person, and development is so solitary, and because I'm still a junior developer, just working through all of these problems, it can be stressful. So it's nice for me to be able to basically switch between doing that for my app, but then when I'm not working on my app, to have a job that I'm good at that's easy for me because I have a lot of experience in it, and that... Uh, I enjoy and it's social and I get to meet really cool people all around the world all the time. Um, in fact, in fact, uh, just the other day I had a, an interesting day. I had a, uh, a class with a girl from Belarus and then a class with a girl from Russia and then a class with a girl in Kiev all in the same day, almost back to back. Um, and I, I, I didn't talk about politics with them. I, I really just wanted to just be there for them and, and help them with their English, you know. Um, but um, I am uh, I am open to uh, taking gigs in marketing um, from my marketing background or gigs in software. But I'm planning on putting that off for the next um, six months while I continue to build my skills in software, basically. And I'm really I'm I'm living just fine. I I I don't even have to work very much. I mean, the money I make teaching English is is actually enough to live on and, and then some. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's not like this insane $100,000 a year salary or anything either, but it is plenty, especially here in Mexico. Yeah, I remember I taught English in Taiwan a life, I don't know now, I think I was 19 at the time, so 15, 
15 years ago. And I think I was making about 20 bucks an hour at that time. And I only ended up working, I think it was four hours a day. I was working about 20 hours a week and, you know, making that money, uh, you know, us 20 bucks. Actually, you did quite well in Taiwan. Um, it was a really enjoyable business. One of the things that's very interesting to talk to you is I, when I think of success, you know, the ultimate idea of success, which I don't think is is financial. I think that's part of it to get us to what maybe success means to us. But I think there are other levels above financial success being freedom and fulfillment. And the reason why I was interested to talk to you, there's a, there was a few people who, who had reached out to me that were teaching English and traveling, but the idea of your app as well, because I think when it comes to people who might want to be taking the leap or designing or creating their dream life, that I think a big part of that, of what that looks like is creating freedom in their life, whether they want to travel, whether they want to um, live abroad and finding a way that they can make an income to do that. And just, I think the teaching English aspect for that online is such an incredible thing because it allows you to make an impact. You're helping people. It's a social project. There's a lot of benefits to that, but also on the side, you're also still building this other thing in the process, uh, you know, which it sounds like is quite fulfilling to you of creating this app and helping people to connect and learn a new language. So it's really cool that you are someone who I think is living, uh, covering a lot of the bases that I think are really important for us to feel fulfilled and truly, you know, and find happiness in our life of doing meaningful work and having freedom and, you know, whether financial success becomes a part of that is is awesome it but it, it's not always necessary and it's not you know quite often the end goal so i definitely want to dive in a little bit deeper with you here about the app because that's really the cool thing and and how you're helping people and giving back and making an impact that's what i'm all about but before we jump into there just briefly can you tell me a little bit about uh, and specifically thinking about the listenership who might just be in a place where they're working a nine to five, they want out, they want out of the matrix, they want out of the corporate job, they don't want to be told when to have a holiday, and they just want freedom. Is the process of becoming an online English teacher pretty straightforward that it's like, hey, you sign up for this and you go through the process that you can start making 20 bucks an hour and you can travel or, or did you run into some issues when you went down that road or? Well, uh, specifically with English, uh, you can see that, uh, another advantage for me in teaching English is that it really goes well with the app. And obviously I'm very passionate about language education. Um, I use, I teach English primarily online with italki and pretty much that, does everything for me and I don't really need to search for classes outside of that. Um, though sometimes I have, um, there are other platforms that you can use as well. There's super prof, there's Cambly. Um, there's, there's quite a few. I really like italki. Um, and you don't have to be passionate about language education to the same level as I do to get into it. Um, because a lot of actually the majority of the students, on there are pr pretty advanced already, and they're really just looking for basically a conversation partner. Um, but uh, you will make more money the more experience you have in an educational sense. Um, I actually don't have a certificate. Um, I've been kind of stubborn in trying to avoid getting one. <laughs> I may decide to get one um, in the next few uh, weeks, 
or months here, but uh, it hasn't been an impediment with me. Uh, Italki is is the perfect example of supply and demand that I've ever seen, um, because basically what I did when I first started like six years ago um, with Italki was I started at five dollars an hour, got three students. As soon as I got three students paying, I raised it a dollar, and then uh, every time I had three students accepting my new rate, whether they were existing or new students, I would raise it a dollar. And I've done that since. And within a month, I was at $10 an hour, and I kind of equal, equalized there uh, for a while. Um, but they, your students give you reviews. Um, I now have over 400 lessons and reviews with a 4.9 out of 5 star rating. And without any sort of certificate, um, I'm at $21 an hour. But then Italki takes 15%. And, um, and it took, it took a while. Basically, I remember getting to like $12 an hour it equalizing for a while, getting to 14 equalizing for a while, 16 equalizing for a while. And I left it about two years ago at 16. And when I came back, uh, just, uh, two weeks ago, I was surprised that the demand was such that I had to raise my prices to $21. And uh, basically I, I always accept all my requests and basically manage my schedule, like the amount of classes I want per week by my price. Um, so if I'm getting too many, too many requests, I simply raise my price. If I'm not getting enough, I lower it. And I think that's a pretty good system. Um, but it was, uh, it was a pretty natural progression. I had, I had no experience. I've always been interested in, in, in English. I, I've read quite a bit of classic, classic literature and I've been a little bit of a nerd in that way. But, um, that's pretty much been my only advantage. Uh, but over time, I, I learned grammar uh, really well and how to teach it. And, you know, you have a student who, you know, has an issue and you at first you don't know what their issue, like how to describe their issue or, or even how to correct it correctly. You do your best and it's a little awkward. But if you're at the right price point and your student is looking for a certain kind of teacher, then usually they're fine with that. But But to get to a higher price point, I think the the reason why I'm at the price point I'm at is because the students really appreciate that. I, I know how to explain. I know, you know, the grammar. And I I am pretty able to quickly find a resource and share it with them as well. Um, and there's a lot of different ways you can teach. But, but pretty much the vast majority of my classes are very conversational. And it's not like this, like this very instructional lesson. But yeah, anyway, it's... Um, it was a pretty easy progression. You just take it a little bit at a time. You learn as you go and you can get there. But a certificate can also help possibly fast track you. Um, and also, I know that if I got one now, I would probably be able to uh, raise my rates even more. And there's other sites that are a little bit more exclusive where you can make more even. Um, some of those were like with China, which have now been shut down because of the new law in China. Um, but I was never on any of those platforms, but I know a lot of people who are making a lot more than I am. And I've just, you know, I just appreciated a pretty flexible schedule that I, I talk, he provides some of these other ones. You have to have like a more fixed schedule perhaps, or, or of course, teaching for an, a school directly abroad is another option. That it brings me back to my tie again, to my Taiwan days is because I can relate from just, that was really the only time as a teacher, but when I was teaching for four hours in those days, I was also studying Mandarin. So I would teach in the afternoon and in the morning I was learning Mandarin for four hours. And I remember very clearly, and I taught anywhere from kindergarten to high school uh, in, in a school there. So I was kind of all over the map, but 
I had a great cop out, which was when I was learning Mandarin, I would, you know, as you do when you're learning a language of asking, you know, how come sometimes when I, when I say it like this, it's like this and another time it's different, which of course with English, you know, that's happens more than, than, than ever. And I remember my teacher, my Mandarin teacher would say, you know, that's just the way it is. That's just the way we're taught it. So I remember in English, it would be the same thing. People would say, you know, even if you're a good English teacher, it was just, I don't really know why the reason behind it. That's just how we're taught and that's how you do it. <laughs> um, it's, so that's very interesting that uh, it just brings back a lot of good memories. I had a lot of fun, fun doing that. And I think someone, if you're listening to this, if you're just looking, you know, I'm, I'm all about aligning going back to our first question of aligning with what you're passionate about doing something that you're that you're truly uh uh that's truly of interest to you i think that really is the secret to life of doing work that's in alignment and that's authentic to who you are but i do know for people who are just at that freedom phase of how can i get out and make this shift and travel if i want that this could be a really good opportunity for a lot of people listening and i think based on what you've told me one good way for someone to take action could be based on what you said, start that process even now being in Canada or being in the States or wherever they are and building up that demand. And then by the time, you know, they do start to travel their, you know, their, their wages going up and, and whatnot. So is it a one-on-one tutoring or are you in front of a, like a video in front of a classroom of people or you can, it's different, I guess. Italki is purely one-on-one. Um, but I actually did start to uh, do online group classes where I would invite my students to do that. And then they would have to pay less per student. And I made slightly more. Um, and then I started doing it in person in Mexico City as well. But a fun fact, a funny fact kind of, is that uh, by the end of the, the school, before the pandemic started and, and knocked everything out, uh, we had 90 students and 15 teachers, 90 students every month. And... Um, I was making far less money <laughs> than I, I probably than I've ever made on Italki. I, I did the math once, and I only made forty pesos an hour. I was about two dollars US an hour <laughs> with how much work I put into that school. It was a lot of fun, and I was able to survive on that. But um, there's some interesting um, issues when you like when you expand. Uh, if you ever think about expanding and growing your own school, uh, you really want all your ducks in a row. And it's it's very difficult um, and it takes a long time before you see the return on that investment. Um, but um, but teaching one on one is always in demand and it's all it's always quite a good way to, to earn, I think. Yeah. That's yeah. And I'm sure the lessons you've got from that was was quite incredible. And I mean, something so cool to try. And as you know, as entrepreneurs, we are and some things work out better than than others, but the lessons are are so invaluable. I have to ask: Is it uh, is Mexico City the home for the rest of your life? Is there a reason why you chose there specific, or are you a nomad who travels quite often, or what's how did you end up there? Kind of. Well, I I came to Mexico specifically for Spanish and because of its uh, proximity to the U.S. Um, and then I just fell in love with it, and it's such a big and vast country with with so much to explore. Uh, I just never tapped it out enough that I felt that I needed to, uh, to that I felt an urgency to go further south, um, which I still am definitely curious to visit the rest of Latin America. But um, it's been pretty good here. I've lived here for a total of four years off and on. Uh, I am actually planning on pivoting to Asia in fall. Um, and 
my mode of travel, I meet a lot of nomads who like live in one place for two months, then move, and then you know two months at a time in each place. Um, I'm I'm more into like this midterm travel of staying for a few years in one place, and so. Um, uh, you know, if all goes to plan, I'll be in Asia and then I'll be there for kind of a few years, obviously visiting home every once in a while uh, and probably visiting Mexico, which is like, apart from my family, I would say Mexico is my home uh, or more of a home than the U.S. I could pretty much say I feel very comfortable here. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see my friends here and my family every once in a while in the U.S. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh I guess with the with the language, of course, if you're building that and you find a place, I'm similar in the sense of, you know, I have a lot of places on my list, but I still like to have a home base, you know, even being here in Costa Rica, it's nice to have a home and, you know, to set up shop and have some normalcy um, in, in the chaos. Um, one of the hurdles for me in terms of learning Spanish is learning again, living in Taiwan, the value of learning the language in the country you're in. But the idea in the back of my head that I'm eventually wanting to get back to Southeast Asia and go to Bali and go to Nepal, you know, my cop out really is, well, if I'm just going to travel to another country, then, (laughs) you know, and really what I found with learning Spanish is I did sign up here with, uh, to meet this beautiful, lovely lady in person and was just incredible. I did one session with her. She was totally awesome and just quickly realized how much of a full-time job something like that can be to for someone I know is zero Spanish. And when I, in Taiwan, I was, I learned at a university for four hours a day. It was writing, it was lectures. It was very intensive, which is how I was able to learn quickly. But for the, the way that I was doing it with her, you know, aside from wanting, you know, wanting to surf because that's the reason I moved here and building a coaching business and, all of these moving parts that I have really you're adding almost another full-time job. So I think to start talking about the interesting thing that you're doing, which is I imagine with this app of finding a way to make it easier for people to learn a language or more convenient or uh, considering what the, um, what the issues or barriers are for someone if they face resistance for why they might not do it or why they stop doing or whatever that, that might be. So if you don't mind, share a little bit about your, your app and what this is set out to do and how it's going to help people. And I know that I've invited you into the uh, conscious entrepreneurs group. And I think some people have already shown interest even in there of just uh, you know, what you're up to and that it's essentially a great idea and I barely know anything about it. So Sure. Well, that is a can of worms. There's so much I can say. Um, Yeah. So I'm not just an app developer who has this kind of random idea. I have this experience of having had this school, but not just the school, but this language exchange events community. Um, And so I think my perspective on learning a language is quite uh, holistic and quite broad. Um, and my app is more focused on the self-study portion of that. But what I would actually recommend to people in the perfect ideal scenario in learning a language, you will always be doing three things. One is have a teacher. Two is studying on your own. And when I say studying, I mean more like consuming content, like reading books in that language uh, and watching movies and shows in that language, listening to the music in that language. Um, and then three is... Uh, 
going out into the wild and practicing it in some way. And uh, it's a little bit easier if you're in the country that speaks that language. You can have that immersion experience. But uh, there are other ways to do it. There's a really great social network app uh, called Tandem, where no matter where you are in the world, you can connect with Spanish speakers, Mandarin speakers, people from who speak any language, and you can practice with them at any time. And it's really a great app. And in fact, I met some people in Mexico through that app before coming to Mexico initially. And I, I got like, uh, they hosted me when I came and, and there were some really cool things uh, with that. But um, so what I also, I also see is I, I, I kind of see um, language learning as a, a series of stages or steps where you really need to be uh, interfacing with all of these steps all at once. Uh, but depending on which stage of learning you're at, you should be focusing a little bit more on um, one of these aspects. So generally the progression that I recommend to people is I say, yeah, go ahead and use Duolingo. In fact, I recommend it when you're first starting out. It's so easy to use. It gets you in into the door and it actually does a, do, uh, a decent job of uh, training you on the correct pronunciation of the language as well as learning some of the basic grammar and vocabulary. And in some ways, it almost doesn't matter what method you choose when you first start because the early vocabulary and phrases that you're going to need to learn are pretty consistent. They're going to be reinforced in almost any method. Um, but I do recommend Duolingo. But what I do say to people is, dear God, please only do 10 to 30% of the course. Do not finish the course. I know somebody who, um, who has a four-year streak on Duolingo with Spanish. And I was like, okay, hey, great. that's great. So then let's have a conversation in Spanish. He's like, oh, I'm not ready yet. What it actually can become is an addiction. And it's designed to be an addiction. And it's not actually that effective uh, once you get to a certain stage uh, of learning. And so what I tell people is, is just do a portion of the, the course. And as soon as you feel comfortable and as soon as you can, try to find a book that is uh, appropriate to your level. It could be a children's book. It could be a graded reader. Um, and start reading. And that's how you're going to build a a, a large amount of vocabulary very quickly. Um, and, but then there's one, one aspect of when you learn the vocabulary, you learn what it means, you can identify it on the page, and it's another step to be able to pick it out of a spoken sentence. So then, then my, what I would say is the next step is like, as soon as you're comfortable, start watching movies and shows. And, and maybe you have a season where you're really focused on reading, and then maybe you transition to, um, to watching movies and shows. Um, and then and then transition to some sort of immersion experience. And like I said, you can be doing all these all at once. You could start with tandem, which is a sort of immersion from day one, and you could have very basic conversations with real people from day one. Um, but um, talking about focuses, uh, focusing, uh, that's the progression I would recommend. And what I've noticed in language learning is that um, this kind of meaty middle of, of vocabulary acquisition is very challenging. Uh, I've found it to be pretty easy to learn to start learning a language. Um, and it's pretty easy to continue learning once you've gotten quite advanced or maybe like upper intermediate. But when you're like upper beginner or lower intermediate, especially lower intermediate, it becomes really difficult to acquire new words because uh, a fun, another fun fact, 5% uh, of the English language is the word the. Every 20th word we use is the word the. 
So literally, with one word, with one word, you already know 5% of English. And, and with Spanish, you, with three words, you know 10% of Spanish, E, D, and K. And so the most frequent words are so frequent and they're so reinforced. So you make great gains early on, but then there's diminishing returns. And I'm learning Mandarin and I'm at a point where I, I can recognize about 800 to 1,000 words um, when I watch movies on Netflix and when I read. But for me to learn the next set of words, and fluency requires maybe about 10,000 words. So for me to learn the next set of words, each word is so infrequent and so infrequently reinforced that it can be a challenge to... And so this is, this is very common. When people are learning a language, they eventually, they might give up when they get to a certain point. And I'd say it's about this point. And um, so what I've focused on with the app is, is trying to help people with uh, that stage. And so what the app does it, very simply is that uh, the, the end goal of it is that you'll be able to consume any kind of content you want, whether it's books, movies, shows, music, even video games, popular content. Um, maybe you want to learn Spanish while reading Cien Años de Soledad or through Harry Potter. Um, of course, I'm not at that point where I can license Harry Potter yet, you know, but um, that's the end goal. You can learn through anything you want, but what the app does is it um, learns about you. It learns what you know and what you don't know in the language. And, and then once it knows what you know and don't know, it serves you a custom version of whatever content you're consuming that fits your level so that you can comprehend it. No matter how difficult the content might be in its standard format, it adjusts to your level, even if you're an absolute beginner, so that you can understand it. And then it also chooses for you what language to teach you. It's, it's quite smart in that way. It knows what to prioritize. It doesn't leave it up to you. There's 10,000 words for you to learn to become fluent. How are you going to know which ones to learn first? which ones are, are more frequent, uh, frequent enough that you're going to get enough reinforcement to actually learn it. Or, you know, maybe if you're reading a book, you see a word and you're like, you don't know what it means. And so it's like mocking you. And you're like, I got to know what that means. But then you find out later that word never shows up again in that entire book. So you've pretty much wasted your time trying to learn that word. So the app does all that work for you and it provides us that guidance. And um, so th it helps you to find that intersection between uh, learning through something you're deeply interested in and being able to comprehend the experience. And, and those two things, uh, that's something that Stephen Krashen talks about. He's a famous linguist. Those two things are the key factors in learning the language. But he also talks about how they're almost always at odds. If it's deeply interesting, it's probably not comprehensible. If you're trying to learn Spanish through Casa de Papel on Netflix, but you're an absolute beginner, you're going to be completely lost. But if it's comprehensible, it's probably not that interesting, you know, like a, a boring lecture or, well, in my opinion, Duolingo. I mean, even though it's addicting, it's not that interesting, <laughs> um, you know, and there's other things that are, you know, not that interesting, but that you can understand. So how can we bring those two things together? That's the goal of the app. Wow, that's an incredible idea for sure. Um, I love the idea of helping people to learn a language just from being an avid traveler and understanding that what you're actually giving someone by learning a new language, which essentially is a whole different experience of life and just the experience in general of the place that you're traveling to. Like if you go to Mexico or Costa Rica and you don't speak Spanish like myself, Costa Rica is an incredible country and you're going to have a great time. But 
when I think about Taiwan and living there and speaking to the locals fluently and, you know, you learn about a culture and a place and a way of life so deeply, you know, obviously, you know, when you can connect with the locals there. And so there's obviously advantages to learning the language, but on a deeper level, what you're really offering people is just such a, this incredible experience of life at the same time, which I'm sure you already know, which is why you're passionate about why you do what you do. Um, the other thing that I love that you do, which I don't really think about, but I know it's how my brain works is how whenever I try to learn something, I love the idea of what is the process and the steps, because that allows my brain to understand what am I actually trying to do here? So I can tell just by the way you explain it that clearly you take that forward with with your app and how you even teach as an English teacher of like, there's a process to this that's going to, if you understand, you know, it's like you could learn, I forget what it's called on on guitar. Um, You can just learn how to play a song very quickly, but it's about actually learning the chords and understanding. And if you do it that way, you're going to learn how to play every song, you know, so it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, also just, I mean, it's a, it's a great mission that you're on because the way that the world is trending in such a beautiful way of creating more freedom. And and even with this pandemic of people wanting to travel more and work abroad more and how easy it is to work online and how easy it is to travel that, you know, so many people in the world are already traveling and moving abroad and turning into nomads, but we're going to see that continue and continue and continue. And I think, Also, even when you say all of these other apps that are out there, there's so many ways to learn something and people are so different uh, that someone might use Duolingo or, you know, this app or that app or your app. But it's incredible that technology, like even when you're just explaining what some of these other apps do, it's such a beautiful time to be alive with technology that's making our lives so easy and having all of these different ways to do something. Um, I think that's incredible. I know I put you in a tough spot after I asked that question. I'm like, yeah, probably you don't want to be giving out the the meat and potatoes at this point. I'm definitely excited to, you know, being someone who doesn't speak the language in the country they live in, this is definitely very much of interest to me and just how busy life can be and us having to prioritize, you know, what is most important, but having a unique perspective of having lived in a country and having learned the language in that country which is almost a bummer because I know how much I'm missing in this country by not understanding. So it's very interesting. Now, going back to the journey, there's a very exciting time that I like to talk about with people who are, because essentially I'm talking to you here now who has successfully taken the leap and made the transition into a life that you personally believe is the life that you truly want to be living. And most other people would admire as well. And we're speaking to an audience for the most part of people who probably don't just like to hear my voice, but are actually on here to learn something of being in that first phase and that before that transition phase of how can I get to this place myself and what does that look like? And the thing that I love talking about the most between these two places is that transition phase that happens between where you are and where people want to get to. So if you can think back I know sometimes it's hard when we, especially when we're creating new lives for ourselves, it can be so hard to go back to the place of where we were before. But I'd love to learn a little bit about specifically the transition phase of your life before you have taken this leap into 
knowing what you wanted to do of, uh, you know, move to Mexico, find a way to survive and teach English and create this app. And what obstacles, whether internal or external, did you face during that transition process of creating the life that you have for yourself? Um, well, a lot. Um, I, um, I, I think one of my core goals was always just to be an entrepreneur, you know, just to work for myself and not to work for kind of the man. I think I just felt from an early on that I didn't like that there wasn't enough collaboration. There wasn't enough like caring about my opinion and I just had to do what they wanted me to do. Um, and that's kind of evolved through the years. And, um, and part of that is just maybe possibly just choosing better employers, but sometimes you don't have that luxury. Um, so I was actually homeless for uh, a brief period about 10 years ago. Uh, very, very brief. Um, but for about two years, I was so poor that I could hardly afford ramen. And I became very, very thin because of that. <laughs> um, and that was <laughs> that was around the time when I started my buying and selling business. I would buy things on uh, Craigslist and sell them on eBay. And in one of those transactions, a uh, guy pulled a gun on me. And um, I actually fought with him it, out of just um, uh, reacting in, in re with the adrenaline. And I grabbed the hand he had the gun in, and it was just crazy. Um, but I survived that. Survived that, but I gave that business up <laughs> uh, after that. Um, and um, and it was hard. Uh, I, you know, in, in, in the U.S., in American U.S. culture, you know, we have this kind of idea of kicking the bird out of the nest and let, letting it figure out how to fly on the way down. I was actually kicked out of my house, essentially, when I was 20. And, and not for doing drugs or anything. It was simply time. And, but it was also abrupt. And I wasn't really prepared for it. And I wasn't really prepared by my parents for it. Um, so, um, you know, so it was, it was awkward because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. But I'm, here I am, don't know anything about being an adult or how to live, how to survive, and how to get there with... Um, you know, with having to find out how to survive and, and provide for myself. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so that, there have been many, many awkward moments in the transition. Um, yeah. So after that, it was funny, a friend of mine encouraged me to get into web development and I, um, I was really, really low on money, but then I did my taxes for the first time and got an unexpected return. And so I studied web development for two months. And basically, I've had a couple of miracles in my life, um, quite a few. Um, and one of them being that uh, another friend was just going through the checkout aisle in the grocery store. And some guy talked to him about Joomla. He's looking for Joomla developers. And at that time, of the, two, of the three web frameworks I could have chosen to study, I, chose, I had chosen Joomla, which was there was Joomla, Drupal, and WordPress. And WordPress was the obvious choice in hindsight. And, uh, and maybe even at that time, it would have been the obvious choice. But for some reason, I chose Joomla. And this guy was looking for Joomla developers. So I got an internship. And I was completely abused <laughs> and used and underpaid. Um, As internships but, do. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, but 
I was able to like gain the skills. It was like a trial by fire. I learned very quickly and, and, and a great number of skills. And I started my own small boutique ad agency uh, on digital ads and digital marketing. Um, and as a result of that, I ended up getting clients and then I was able to get into the industry without a college degree, which by the way, I don't have. <laughs> um, at one point I was charging $75 an hour for a SEO consultation which because I had got I got into that niche right when it mattered and right when it was really valuable. Um, and now I'm, I'm not really such a proponent of SEO as much as just kind of online PR in general. But um, and I ended up getting a job as a marketing director in Chicago and then an advertising specialist for Ninja Trader, managing a quarter million dollar annual ad campaign. And so it was a. Uh, all without education, formal education, just learning on my own through experience and online study. And um, then from there, I was already getting restless because I had this, you know, this thing that I've been developing already for learning languages. And so I, I guess, um, uh, yeah, basically I took two jobs back to back, nine months each, and I've really never worked a job for more than nine months um, in my entire adult life. And, uh, and this is another thing I'm, mean, this is probably a good topic of conversation because the psychology behind that, you know, you, you, you're very tempted to feel shame for that, you know, like, and it's, it's kind of taboo to be the kind of person who, who leaves jobs so early. I mean, at that, you know, especially at that time, it, it was not considered polite to work for less than two hours for an employer. Um, actually in my case, uh, being in marketing and advertising, I was working for um, this investment company that specializes in, in, in day trading software. And uh, I know that's a common digital nomad job is to do day trading. But for me personally, I, I came to the conviction that it was immoral. Just I just feel that generally speaking, day trading is not doing great things for, you know, for the world. I agree with that. I mean, there's a lot of people who do that, but there is there is something behind the scenes in that world that doesn't serve a lot of people, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's another thing where maybe you can uh, you could probably be moral about it, but there is a tendency to just trade based on what you're going to earn instead of having a uh, consideration for what does this company do? Is this company good for the world? That sort of thing. And um and I also think the volatility and anyway, anyway, so whatever the reason, actually, I think this is a really important point about capitalism. It, and if I talk to other people about what they do, it, I, I don't even need to get into the details of trying to argue with somebody about like whether it's immoral or not or why. What's really important is, is it moral for you or not? And if, and if, if you're questioning whether you feel comfortable with this occupation, are you going to continue with that or not? And, and for me, the, the overwhelming pressure was to continue. And uh, even though I come from a Christian family, my family basically encouraged me. Like they, they, they didn't have any interest in, in learning about my moral objections to my job. And of course, they didn't understand my job either. And they don't really know about trading. But um, they just wanted me to continue surviving and, 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 and living and, and, you know, and, and, and having that job. So when I decided to leave, it was a bit of big of a, a bit of a leap in a way, but I had saved up four grand. So I knew I was going to be able to go to Mexico and, and live off of that for a little while. And, um, and then that's when I did discover uh, that 
you know, the possibility of teaching English online, but there are so many possibilities, especially these days. It's like a million things you can do online and, and you can learn very quickly. I mean, I learned enough web development in two months to be able to get an internship. And this was 10 years ago. And, um, and then this time around, I mean, yeah, I had the web development background, but starting from scratch with software development, apart from my web dev background, I got a job with my friend after about three months, you know? So, um, with and with I've done all these marketing gigs online there's Upwork you know you can uh, I've done a couple of work, gigs on on Upwork as well um, so as long as you you know you study it you learn it online you can learn it for free and you can find so many opportunities yeah I yeah it's I mean I don't know so much about the online world um, but starting with this I've had so many interesting conversations about just exactly what you said what people are doing whether it's, you know, they build a website and they find a way to advertise on it. There's so many interesting, cool ideas. Um, and, you know, just to touch quickly on uh, on what you said about going back to like the day trading is uh, that is it's fairly close to my heart because a lot of the people that I coach come from something in that similar life. And there's a lot of people who come on the podcast who say, hey, I'm getting into crypto and NFTs and uh, trading and all of these things where I under, it's not that I have anything. I, I like, I think all those things are great and they're going to do good in the world and taking some power away from, from some mega corporations is not a bad thing in my opinion, but the, the idea of essentially why a lot of people get into these things of whether it's the next quick way to make money and, you know, uh, how they're also sold to people as, you know, you don't have to work anymore, just trade and play the stock market where of course there are success stories, but there also aren't. And I also think that that might make people some money for a couple of years if they do well, hopefully, but we still always end up, which what I do of helping people who may be feeling lost or stuck or unfulfilled that life is about figuring out what we're passionate about, what we, what drives us. It's not about finding a quick way to make money. Of course, that's going to bring, you know, I'm not against money by any means, but there's a lot of these kind of avenues that I feel like people take who are the most lost of maybe not really knowing what they want to do. And I just think that, you know, that's just something that for whatever reason kind of has a little bit of that, I find. But anyways, uh, we got a couple of minutes left here. I want to make sure we get into a couple of the good questions here to for our audience. And the takeaway that I definitely got from you there, which I can really resonate with and appreciate is the journey is messy, <laughs> yeah. you know, from the whole process. One thing that I really love about your story is that you stuck to your guns. You knew what, what you wanted to do and what was so important to you and you stuck with that. And I think that that's really cool. Um, so to kind of wrap this thing up, what are three tips that you would offer anyone who want to take the leap to create their dream life? Well, um, I think I actually do have a little bit of a bias. And, and also, in some ways, my journey is not the ideal one. <laughs> um, so, like, my journey, I, I mean, I've always been a risk taker, you know, I, I really um, just in so many things. I can't gamble because I will lose. <laughs> um, uh, but um, but in life, it's been interesting. Um, so I I I am very confident in encouraging people to to figure out what they what they love 
and to find a way to do it and to do it as soon as possible um, and don't wait around. But you still do have to consider um, a couple of things. You have to consider your own survival and you have to consider uh, demand as well. You know, if, if what you want to do, if there's no demand for it or you don't have any clue for how to create that demand, um, then, you know, I think you should keep that in mind. Um, but, you know, I'm passionate about education and um, I like to say that if I ever had a kid who wanted to become a musician, I would encourage him hardcore. You know, um, and because I think, you know, the way that we learn and the way that we evolve and grow, it's like you might be really passionate about being a musician now. And we'll find out if um, if that's going to be something you're going to be able to make money from as a rock star or whatever. But if not, if I believe in you, I think that you will figure it out on your own that and you'll discover that maybe the, you'll discover on your own that you have other interests and you'll you'll transition and you'll and and maybe you'll discover that you're really passionate about teaching and and maybe as a result of somebody believing in you enough to encourage you to learn to be a musician but then you also getting into a different field maybe you end up as a high school teacher who teaches through music um and teaches history through music, maybe even, or, and and you're the quirky teacher that everybody loves, you know, because you bring a guitar to the classroom, and you know, I mean, maybe that's a little bit of a silly example, but I think that's, um, I think it's important. I think I think everybody could have a journey like that, um, but at the same time, in an ideal world, I think I would have never had to have worked for the man, but I had to. I I mean, uh, I wouldn't have survived at different stages. Um, so, so you have to be aware of some of those things. Um, but, um, but yeah, also you really don't need as much money as you think. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you don't need as much money as you think. I I've lived on average for about $700 a month in Mexico. And if you teach English online, you don't have to work close to full time usually to earn that. And that's an English online is, is, is a simple job, let alone if you're doing software development or, or, or trading or, or marketing online or whatever you're, you might be doing. So um, I mentioned before, I cut my income from being an advertising specialist in downtown Chicago um, for an international company. I cut my income by 90% coming to Mexico. Uh, but I, I also like to say I tripled my happiness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And oh, I, I hear you. Yeah. So it's worth it. And I think, I think it's... Um, I think we're afraid to be hippies and maybe we know some hippies, you know, we've been to hostels and we know some people who seem to be living a life without much purpose and maybe just kind of going out just to consume and just for the pleasure of it. But, and, and I think it's fine if you do that for a while, but, um, you know, I think if you trust yourself, you'll find a balance where you are really living life to the fullest, living in the now but you're also living in the future in the sense that you have a purpose that you're, you might be leaving some sort of legacy too. I think that's, yeah, it's a great answer. I think based on a few things you said, it came down to a core idea of like myself, I'm a risk taker, but at the same time, we need to have a strategy and a plan to actually make these things happen. And, you know, going to the hippie thing, traveling is a very interesting thing because you see people in the world who are traveling, who are living their dream life and building something and working towards a passion. And you see people who are lost, you know, just because you travel and you're a nomad, 
doesn't necessarily mean you've got it all figured out. It could mean the complete opposite. But, you know, I think really getting clear on what does my life look like, what it what makes me happy and encouraging that and moving on that no matter what it might be and running towards that and also encouraging other people to do that. And I think one of the reasons we're dealing with this unhappiness epidemic is that there's so many people going back to our the start of our conversation who are living inauthentically, whether they're parents told them to be a lawyer or a doctor or, you know, just went down some road and chased money. And eventually, like I did, you know, I made the money and then I realized I'm miserable. You know, I actually hit rock bottom at the most successful point of my life. And that was such an eye opener of I'm not happy. And just like you, the less money I make now, I'm way happier than I've ever been in my entire life. So money does not directly correlate our level of happiness by any means. And maybe it does for some people, but we're not like a diet where every one of us is different and we have to figure out what our recipe is for ourselves. Man, you are incredible to talk to. I'm so excited to learn more about the app. Um, for now, let's wrap this thing up. But before we go, how can people reach you if you want people to try to reach you? Uh, well, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I think you can just find me looking for John Knebel. That's J-O-N-K-N-E-B-E-L. And the app, is creolio.com, C-R-E-O-L-I-O.com. And there's a contact form there as well if you want to get in touch with me. Uh, it's still early stages, so it's only six months old. Uh, there's a lot of features that I'm building out. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I would be excited for you to try it. And uh, if you want to get in touch with me, then we can form a, a dialogue and, and um, I'll try to make uh, updates that suit you. Um, but yeah. Amazing, man. I'll definitely be checking it out. Let's show John some support. Let's go on there, check out some beta, do some testing, give him some feedback, learn some new languages, travel the world, create our dream life. Brother, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's great to have you also in the group. So we'll be in touch moving forward. I'll put everything to reach John in the show notes as well. And with that being said, take it easy, y'all. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Chosen Ones. If you did, if you could leave me a five-star review, it would mean the world to me. I know life is busy, so I truly appreciate you taking the time. Please also feel free to subscribe and share. You can learn more about me at mastersoflifesociety.com, where you can also find The Chosen Ones book and podcast, as well as on my YouTube channel, Masters of Life Society, where you can find the videos of these episodes as well as my social media shorts. And you can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram, at Joseph Richard Powell. Thank you so much for your support. I love y'all.